Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. This is Kevin calling from La Cacenta, California, kind of planning ahead for the future, thinking of establishing primary residence in a state with no state income tax. And provides unbiased answers. Good question, though, a good thought process, and always good to look forward. I think there's only what seven or nine states that have no income tax. Invest Talk, over 42 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99 Chart. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is InvestTalk, independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July 8, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I like doing this show every day. I like answering the questions, the financial questions and investment questions you have. And I hope you have them, that I'm interested in hearing them. So give me a call. I will promise to provide unbiased answers. Unbiased. We don't have an agenda. We don't owe any big houses, any loyalty. We don't have any of that. Believe it or not, there are registered investment advisors that do. The, the house that they, how they put their money with has rules and regulations. So you got to be really, you got to ask the questions of your money manager, whoever that might be. So I don't have any hidden agendas. We are totally independent. We like it that way. But your questions drive the direction of the show, of today's podcast. So whatever you ask, as long as it's financial, we'll go go with you. I mean, I'll go, it doesn't be anything financial. Insurance, 401ks, most of the questions are stock, as we all know, stock questions. But we don't have to be, don't have to be, wouldn't mind talking about other things than that. Okay, but I can tell you for sure, the situation we are faced in, the economic situation, I was thinking about that today, the economic situation, the economic environment we're in today, and I've said this before, is vastly different, and it's going to stay different for a number of years. You're going to have to get used to the new reality. That new reality and that difference is we are in a higher inflationary period, and we're on a, a higher interest rate period. Even if the Fed stops raising rates right now, I think interest rates will stay high. I also think inflation will stay high. I don't think inflation is going to get out of control, at least not yet, but it's going to be high no matter what. It may not be as high as it is now. We may It may go a little higher, but I don't think we're going to have runaway inflation. I don't think that's in the cards at this point. I mean... All you have to do is look at oil. We'll talk about that. It's one of the talking points I want to discuss today on this hour, in this hour. So I invite your phone calls. 
in your questions, financial questions, 888-99-CHART. Let's get right down to the first question. Oh, we're going to go to Jacob first. Let's go to Jacob in the Bay Area. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering what you think of Medtronic now that it's close to a 52-week low and on the low end of the P-E ratio. Uh, I know medical stocks do better in a recessionary environment. Yep. And uh, also just wondering if uh, you think that Russia and Medtronic's exposure to uh, Ireland has anything to do with its drop. Okay. Medtronic, everybody, headquarters in Ireland. Uh, it develops an Im- implantable cardiac devices, surgical bi- uh, robotics, and insulin pumps, surgical tools, and other things. I like it, actually, if you want to know the truth. I like it. Uh, that earnings are going to be $5.57 this year, which is a 1% drop. Um, let me t- rephrase that. It's going to be five eighty one this year. But they're already into their next year's reporting period. So the, for 2023, it's going to be 557. It's a 1% drop from 2022. But next year, 2024, it's going to go up 9%. That's $6.06. It's an $89 stock. Okay? Pays a 3% yield. Uh, they have some debt, but not too bad. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds own uh, about 45 46%. And mutual funds have actually been selling it off very slowly over the last year. When I say that, I mean there's less mutual funds. About There was 3,911 a year ago. Now there's 3,721. And that's always a little disturbing because mutual funds drive stocks, not me and you. But it's at a very good value at this point. For, and at support around 80 to $85. It's at 89 now. I don't know if I'd be in a big rush to buy it, but I do think it's a good value where it is. Okay? The cash flow is $6.43. So you're right. It's really close to its low uh, five-year P.E. range, and that's where I like to buy these kinds of things. And I do like the medical sphere. Good luck. I hope it works for you. Thanks for the call. I, I do appreciate it, Jacob. Thank you. Um, my focus point today is based on the story behind the question, could the so-called 4% guideline rest on a flawed assumption? And that 4% guideline, we're talking about withdrawals and retirements, 4% of your assets per year, and you should not run out. So the question is, is it flawed? So that's going to be our main talking point today. I have other topics. The jobs report for June came out. I want to discuss that. Um, also, oil, oil was up today above $100 a barrel. But it's way off its high. What will that mean? Wells Fargo says a recession is already here. They're saying it's already here. Okay? Now, remember, the, the, the common, uh, common equation or common deduction that we are in a recession is taking two quarters in a row that shrink in GDP. So first quarter of last this year, the GDP sank 1.6%. We're now, later on this month, we'll get the report for the second quarter of this year. If it's negative, if it shrank two, we're in a recession. Now, there are other, there's other ways to count, to, 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 um, calculate whether we're in recession. It's not 
There is no one way that, okay, that's the official definition. Not necessarily. So, Wells Fargo thinks we're, says we're in a recession now. I want to discuss how, why they come to that conclusion. Those are the things we're going to talk about. But first, the market was mixed today. The Dow ended up being down 46 points. The NASDAQ up 14 and the S&P down 3. So we actually had a pretty good week. For the week, the market was up. We haven't had an up week for the market in quite some time. So is that, that everybody's going to ask me, and I, I don't really know, but have we put in the bottom? I think it's possible. I don't know if it's probable, but I think it's possible. Remember, no one knows. You know, you, you, you can ask anybody you want. No, they can give you an answer, but they don't really know. So what would the odds be that we put in the bottom? Well, we're bear market's 20-plus percent down from the high. We've been there, right? We started the downturn in January. That's for the S&P 500. The growth stocks are down over 30%. But the but the value stocks are only down about mm, what twelve to fifteen percent. So is that deep enough? And remember, I told you that the average bear market is thirty three percent. That's for the S and P five hundred. So we don't really know, but it could be. Everybody knows that the Fed's going to raise rates right in the next meeting in this month sometime. We already so that's probably priced in. Depends on how much they raise them, right? So there'll be no question, no trivia question today because I usually talk about the KPP premium newsletter and give you a little highlights of that. So that's coming up at the halfway point. We're moving into a break. It's Friday, so I will share highlights from the KPP premium newsletter, as I said, and that will come at the half hour. Okay, the bottom of the half hour. My desktop phone lines are open. 888 chart Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hey, Justin and Steve, this is Rob from Connecticut Calling. Wondering if you have any experience or if you've advised anyone in purchasing tax liens on property and collecting interest. Want to see if you guys think that's a viable investing option in place of purchasing properties. 
I'd love to see what you think. Thanks. Okay. Tax liens on property. I have not been involved in tax liens. I have been involved in first, second, third trust deeds, which is something I assume is similar. Lien is when uh, someone forgot to pay something like the property tax bill or they didn't pay uh, pay off a loan or whatever, and they, they put a lien on the property. So in other words, that property cannot be sold without the lien being satisfied. But if you if there if it's a you know a lien I guess you could call a second trustee a lien on the property a type of lien because that second trustee is a second mortgage you got to pay that off before you can transfer the title or sell the property. I do like uh, first, second, and third trustees if there's still a lot of value in the property because you can make a pretty high interest rate. But then you ha- but the question is it's in those types of situations, you have to be prepared to buy the property. You got to be prepared to pay off the first trustee if the value of the property is not enough when it's sold to pay you at the holder of a second or a third trustee. You see, so you don't want to have a lot of debt on that pro- property if you're in second position or third position. The person in first position gets the, which is the first mortgage, gets paid first when the property is sold. The second, the mortgage or lien gets paid second. So let's say it's a million-dollar property. It has $500,000 first trustee, okay? So the mortgage is $500,000. And you lent a second trustee for $200,000. So that's a total of seven hundred, dollars and the property's worth a million. Well, you're fine because if they sell the property because the guy didn't pay the mortgage, and therefore you went, the first trustee guy takes ownership of the property, you know, the value of the property is enough to pay the first trustee and you. See, so that's how that works. So it, you just have to know what you're doing and be careful. That's all that is. My focus point today is based on the story behind, could the so-called 4% guideline rest on flawed uh, assumptions? What it means is in retirement. In retirement, we uh, money managers have been using four, four and a half percent rule that you could take that much money out of your investments and never run out of money. So they're saying, well, maybe that's flawed. And they're talking about people might spend more money at the beginning of their retirement than at the at the end, and they may run out if they take more than uh, than they should, and it won't last. But if you stick with a 4% rule, you should last because statistically, you as you get older and older and older, you spend less and less money. It's, it's you know, the stats are, don't lie. You know, the, the it just is a natural consequence that people from 65 to 74 years old spend less uh, than, uh, than the people under 65 when they retire. And so on and so forth. If you're over 74, you spend less than the group of 65 to 74. So it just groups spend less over time. So is the 4% rule still applicable or four and a half? I would say yes. Now, they're, the article saying, and I don't disagree with them, that the returns going forward for the next 10 years are going to be lower than they were in the last 10 years for the investments, stock market investments. And that's probably true. But I still think the 4% rule will apply. I still think you can get 4% or more in your return. 
So I think it still applies. I think it will be fine. Okay, we're moving into a break. My Vestal phone lines are open for you, everybody. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Sid from North Carolina. Hi, Sid. Hi, Steve. Good evening. Happy Friday, and thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, I'm really enjoying every day uh, you and Justin guiding us and helping so many people like me. So thank you so much. Thank you. I I have SRNE in my radar for quite some time. I have those small positions, but it looks like it's, it has a lot of mixed signals, and I don't know, should I get rid of or add more? Do you have any suggestions from the technical point of view that would be really okay. helpful. Thank you. Sure. This is Sorrento Therapeutics, everybody. It's a small cap, a $941 million market cap, so it's small. Um, it hasn't made money. It's never made money, but it's going to make big money in 2023. That's the estimate. I mean, it's lost. Not, it's going to lose $0.94 cents a share this year. Last year, it lost $1.45. Every year before that, it lost money, except in 2017, it made $0.13. Cents. Next year, it's supposed to make $8.42. It's a $2.75 stock. So if you look at $8.42 worth of earnings and it's a $2.75 stock, you can see what a cheap stock this is. The problem and why it's uh, uh, said why it's not why it's scary is because it's not it's lost money almost every year. Why all of a sudden are they going to make so much money next year? Do you do you know the answer to that? Because that's really important. If that eight dollars and forty two cents they're making next year was because they sold something that was theirs. Let's say they had some. Sorrento develops therapeutics in the areas of oncology, immunology, and infectious diseases. So they may have come up with something and then selling it off, and that's why they're making A42, but it might be just a one-time thing. That's what you worry about. It, though, I'll tell you this. At about $1.50, it has really strong support, and it bounced from that about three or four days ago, and today it's a two seventy-five. So it had a huge move up. So um, I think it's a really high risk. They have pretty a lot of debt. Management owns three percent, though, but mutual funds are not buying it. So I, I think if you had a good profit in it, I start taking it off the table. I would. Now, not that long ago, selling for twelve, fourteen dollars a share, beginning of the year, that would be a huge move up from here. But um, you might just start cutting it back if you're already in a profit position because it's very high risk unless that money that they're making next year is consistently high going forward in other words is it a recurring income thanks for the call Sid. interesting stock good luck with it 888-99 chart so we had the june jobs report out today and it was better than they expected that jobs number of jobs created in june 372,000. they expected only 250 remember last month it was 384,000. So uh, it was not as strong as last month, but it was more than expected. And the unemployment rate stayed, 
at the exact same rate as last month and what they expected, and that's 3.6%. The labor participation rate last month was 82.6, this month 82.3. Now, that that is a pretty small move down in labor participation, and I don't know if it means anything yet. If the participation goes down for the next couple of months, you got a trend going, and that's not good. Wages, so because remember, we're worried about inflation, both uh, services and goods inflation and wage inflation. Well, in this report, there's no wage inflation. It was up four-tenths the month before. This month, it was only up three-tenths, so it's not increasing, and that was what it was expected. So it wasn't, as far as the market's concerned, it wasn't a bad report. Jobs were still pretty good. Not as as good as they were last year. Last month, unemployment rate stayed pretty much the same. Labor participation rate is not too bad. And there's no inflation in numbers that we see in the hourly wages, at least for June. So you can see how that does not put a lot of pressure on the Fed to raise rates. That's That's what the market is looking at. What is the Fed going to do with interest rates? They've said they're going to raise them. Okay. So that's what they're going to do. We're pretty sure they're going to do it. Now, how much? Is it going to be the same as last time? More? Less? And that's going to be all driven by what these economic numbers say by the time they meet. That's where that's going to be driven. So we'll see. We'll see. Now, oil, if you remember right, oil popped up to $124 a barrel. Then it fell all month down to what? High 90s. And today it was over 100 today. So, it is 14% off its high, okay, from its high. Gasoline demand is still high. Natural gas demand is even higher. So, there's no softening of demand. In other words, the Fed would like to see some demand destruction. In other words, less demand, so prices will come down. And they don't see it yet. It's not coming yet. So, you can see how there's a conflict here. And numbers, they are, you know, and oil and natural gas are very, very important as far as overall inflation, right? Because everybody uses gasoline, so everybody uses oil. So we'll see. Well, wait, there'll be four, several more weeks of statistics before the Fed meets. We're going to take a break here. On the other side, I will dig into the excerpts, excerpts from the KPP Premium Newsletter. So hang on ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it is official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. Let's take a live call before we start the newsletter bit. We're from, this is from Richard from Santa Clara. Hi, Richard. Hi, Steve. Hey, uh, I was just wondering, um, given this environment, uh, how do you feel about uh, 3M as a buy right now, uh, given that it's come down you know, about 50% from its high, and uh, given like the environment it. you know, with industrials? It's now have moved into the value side of the market. Very good value at this price. Uh, it's $128, everybody. 3M Corporation provides industrial tapes, adhesives, adhesives, medical and office products, surveillance and communication products. It's going to make $11.16 next year, up 5%. It's a huge company, $73 billion. So they don't have a lot of sales growth. Okay, and it is somewhat cyclical, right? So in a downward trend of the economy, this stock will get hurt. Well, it did get hurt. It was over $200 a share. Now it's 128 And they're going to make $11, still going to increase earnings next year. Sales are flat, but that's okay, even if the sales shrink. It pays a 4.6% dividend. That dividend is totally solid, not going to go away. See, most people, and you know, most people, and you're thinking right, okay, just so you know, your thinking is right, Richard. You buy stocks when they're on sale, okay? Now, can this get cheaper? Sure it can, but it is on sale. This is a good bargain for 3M. So I kind of like it. That's great. Okay? 
All right. Well, thank you. Thank Good you luck. very much. I hope it works. Good luck. It will work if you be patient long, long enough. It will. It will be fine. So you just buy it and put it away and say, okay, I'm going to just stick with it. You'll be fine. Okay, uh, the KPP Premium Newsletter was uh, finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow, tomorrow morning. So the market conditions section, I have there are four sections to the newsletter. The market conditions section is the first one. And I explained in that section it was a shortened trading week on Wall Street this week, but the holidays seemed to spark, market, spark the market to the upside. We shouldn't get too excited, though, about it at this point, but it's nice. It's a really nice change. The improved market might have more to do with being oversold, okay, oversold, sold too much and might get a little bounce, or it could have been due to the move up. The up move up could have been due to the market participants thinking that the Fed may not be as aggressive as first believed. And that is as oil prices came off their highs. On Tuesday, the factory orders report for May came in much stronger than expected at 1.6% from 0.7% the month before. Core capital equipment orders were revised higher at the same time to 0.6% from 0.4%. These numbers were followed on Wednesday with the June's ISM service number that was higher than expected but a little bit lower than the month before at 55.3%. You think over 50% is expansion in the economy. The number's important because the U.S. is a service economy. So that that's part of the, 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 the market conditions sections, okay? Consumer spending and confidence has fallen recently, right? And I always I mentioned that as well. So remember, the consumer is the driver of the economy, right? 66% of our economy is consumer spending. So, uh, and then they also released the the weekly, uh, I always talk, mention the weekly unemployment claims. That's a leading economic indicator. And there was a 235,000 from 231,000 the week before. And that's the high, that's, a high, that's not a high number, but it is the highest number since January. And the four-week average has been raising, rising slowly. So is the, is the job market starting to weaken? That's really the question those stats kind of leave in your mind. Okay, so many experts have called for a weakened market for the summer and into the fall. We believe that this is probable. That's the probable path for the stocks in the short run. But we also believe that the Fed is late in reacting to the slowly weakening economy. Is Wall Street starting to sense that change with this week's strong pulse up in stock prices? The summer, as we have stated many times in recent newsletters, is going to be volatile. And so far, it has been true. But it is very possible that a bottom of the market is in or will be sometime this summer or maybe early fall. Of course, there's a lot more detail in the newsletter I give you there. So, you know, and every every newsletter has two stock ideas. Okay, in that section, uh, I focus on a company that has become one of the world's largest consumer product manufacturing, generating more than 75 billion in annual sales. Kind of like uh, it wasn't 3M that was called in early, but kind of like that kind of stock. You know, that's the kind of stocks that you know, look for value, not growth. At this point, 
Okay, this one paid a two and a half percent dividend. They have twenty one different uh, different uh, brands that produce a billion dollars or more each. Kind of like that. I also recommended a company that designs a wide variety of consumer electronic devices, including smartphones, tablets, PCs, and more. Maybe you can figure that one out. We actually own that one in some of our managed companies accounts for some time. If you listen to this radio, I've owned this one for a long time in many of our managed accounts. So maybe you can guess what that one might be. Of course, the newsletter names names. So... I would suggest. I give you a sample, a teaser of the KP Premium Newsletter every week, every Friday. You can subscribers receive the full report on Saturday, every Saturday, each Saturday morning. But if you're interested in receiving it and learn more about subscribing, you can go to investtalk.com. Investtalk.com with two T's. Let's grab another caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. This is Kent in Texas again. I was calling for us old guys in their 70s that are getting long in the tooth. What I want to know is what y'all recommend us as far as our spouses, like mine of over 50 years, and as far as involving individual stocks and ETFs or mutual funds. Do y'all kind of tell us to get further into the ETFs and mutual funds and out of individual stocks when they're, we're this far down the road and way closer to the end than we are the beginning. All right, my friends, that's the question. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. I would say no. I see no reason to go and move away from a good, solid group of stocks when you're in your 70s. Hopefully, there are big blue-chip dividend-paying stocks that you're making money on, the dividends, earning money every quarter from these stocks paying you. Uh, But when you're in your 70s or older, you're looking for income normally. A lot of people looking for income. And, you know, you can get more income with a group of great paying dividends, individual stocks, than you usually can get from an ETF uh, or a mutual fund. Because the ETF and mutual fund has fees. They have annual fees that you have to pay. So that eats into your dividend return, where if you own the stock, there's no cost to own that stock. Right? There's no cost to buy and sell stocks these days. So, no, I see no reason to change as long as you have a good, solid, balanced portfolio, I don't see any reason to change to buy mutual funds and ETFs because you're older. I don't think that's a good reason to do that. And 70 is not that old. You're probably going to live to be 100. So, you know, it's not that old. Okay? Of course, some 70-year-olds are older than other 70-year-olds, right? We know that. Depends on how healthy you are. Okay, oil backed uh, back down below above $100 a barrel today, but gasoline demand still high. Natural gas high demand is still high, and there is no been no demand destruction like the Fed is hoping because of the high prices. Remember, there's an old saying: the solution the solution for high prices is high prices because people will stop spending that amount of money because it's too high. Well, that's not happening. With oil, natural gas, and gasoline. Wells Fargo says a recession is already here. Remember the two the definition of recession is two quarters in a row of shrinkage GDP. That's the 
most commonly referred to stat as to wh- whether or not we are in a recession. And we did shrink in the first quarter, one point, uh, 1.6%, I think it was. Uh, and the second quarter, we won't know. The GDP report won't come out until, the, what, the, toward, toward the end of, uh, of July. So we won't know the second quarter until then. But Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs says, according to the National Bureau of Economic Research, who uses a broader definition of an inflation, we are in a recession. Okay? Now, I guess I guess so. I think we. it feels like a recession, doesn't it? It feels like it. The stock market believes that we're in a recession. Because remember, the stock market goes down before any sign of reflection. It starts its downward side. And it started in January. There was no signal. Everything looked great in January, February, March. Everything looked great. Okay? It's just now starting to look not as great. Still pretty good, but not as great. Inflation is, you know, the Fed was raising rates now, and inflation is really high. So the market is a pretty pretty good uh, indicator of what's going to happen in the economy. Also, the market will start to rise at the very depths of the recession. Now, if the recession is not very deep, they'll start to rise before before the numbers tell you. If the recession is very deep, it'll do the same thing. We just don't know how deep the recession is going to be, and the market could give up more or not. You can't time it. Don't try to time it. It's not possible. Too many people think they can do it. It's been tested over and over and over again. There's been study after study. To see if you can time the market, you can't do it. The worst thing that can happen is you try to do it and you're successful the first time. Why is that the worst thing to happen? Because then you think you can time the market and you're going to try it again and again and again. You're going to see how it fails every time. Okay? Most of the time. So don't try to time it. It's just not a, a healthy way to do it. Summer's here, everybody, and I'll bet that a lot of people are amazed how investment environment has changed. And it certainly has changed. Okay, we know that, all right? You've got to be prepared for the reality of the change. The market is more volatile, and it will probably continue to have that high volatility throughout the summer. So pay attention. So I think it's worth taking a minute or two to, to talk about some of the benefits that KPP Financial can provide, that, Steve, that myself and Justin can provide for you. Uh, we're in Orange County, California, between L.A. and San Diego. And I will remind you that at KPP, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, shared success. And what that really means is we give and provide unbiased guidance. We don't, we're not beholden to anybody. Also, we practice parallel investing where we buy the same things for you as we do for ourselves, the same price, same time, same percentage. So we, we're on your side of the table. We want to be on your side of the table. So if you want us to take a look at your portfolio, it's free. We'll take a look at it, tell you what we think. We'll try to get an idea of how much risk you're taking and get an idea with our risk little survey that you can take, a little short question and answer period, and try to understand your risk tolerance and how much risk is involved in your portfolio and see if you're comfortable where you are. We do that for free. We do that for everybody. So we are, a bit, we are different, everybody. We really are different than many other money managers. Try to find one who will buy the exact same thing, same price, same time as you. They're very, very far and few between. And we want to help you. We can help you, and we want to do it. So give us a call. The sooner you do that, 
the better off your portfolio will be, and so will be your wealth. Let's go to Bill in Northern California. Hi, Bill. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon. Um, yeah, my, my question is um, about my portfolio overall, uh, or at least a large percentage of it. Mm-hmm. I, I received an inheritance in uh, January, okay. and I had been kind of slowly investing. I did some ETFs to get a larger amount of money into the market earlier in the year, and, uh, of course, that's worked against me from a – you know, right, <laughs> since the right. market dropped right, uh, right. value-wise. But, but you know, that's more of a long-term thing. I just didn't want to have the whole thing sitting there in cash because it was quite a few hundred thousand dollars, okay. hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, uh, you know, so I started looking for value stocks and just mm-hmm. gradually buying and buying and then buying all the way up till recently. And, uh, you know, and then it's like, okay, well, I still have about 40% of it sitting there, Okay. in cash and i just wondered you know what your philosophy on that would be as far mm-hmm. as reinvesting methodology and timing okay well that's a very good question and my 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 answer would be you should keep doing what you're doing okay yeah could it go down more yes it could go down more but no one knows when and you could maybe slow down right now and speed it up maybe in september because the fall is usually the best time of the year for the market. The fall, three, the last three months of the year and the first three months of the year are historically the best six months of the year. So I, I think you should look for stocks that are value-oriented oriented, and big blue-chip dividend-paying stocks. We talked about one 3M earlier call. That would be something that I would consider if I were you. And it has fallen from 200 down to 10828. Right, so it's it's had a really big slump. Can it go down more? Sure, it can, but boy, it's certainly a good value, and you're going to get four four point six percent dividend yield. So that's a type of stock I think you should invest in because you know they will turn around. They definitely, clearly will turn around. You just have to be patient. Don't don't panic. You're fine. You're doing good, Bill. You're doing the right thing. This is Invest Talk. The weekend is here are almost here. I'm Steve Peace, and we have one goal, as you know, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. To do that, give us a call. 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 chart. Hi, I enjoy your show. It's great. Uh, I did call up once. I, I am well diversified. My call at the time was that I bought at a dip thinking that I was uh, buying at a good time, and then uh, the market crashed. I had bought uh, the Apple, NVIDIA, Google, and Amazon. It's come back and it's on the green line now, so that's good. So, uh, by the time they thought they, I believe they answered the question saying there's going to be a 10 year wait. And uh, I know you guys don't know everything, but my point is it's above the green line. And I'm wondering if I should sell. Should I sell the Amazon and the Google while it's green? That's my question. Maybe. Okay, thank you. No. That's pretty easy. You hold on to Google, you hold on to Apple. You hold on to them, uh, Amazon, 
you hold on to all three of those for for the foreseeable future. Okay? Yeah, they've already come back down. I mean, I'm thinking about maybe adding them at this point. Haven't, but I'm thinking about it because you're never going to yeah, – remember, Google's going to split, uh, what, 20 for 1 here this month coming up. Um, Apple is doing you – know, th- look at the sales growth of these companies. They still are growing. Yeah, growth companies are not in favor. So what's going to happen is you may have a period of time where they don't perform. I remember a number of years ago where Apple, we held it for two or three years and it didn't budge. And we kept it. Okay, that dead money for two or three years. And then zoomed up. So I th- it is possible we could have that kind of environment, but I see no reason to get rid of those stocks. None. I would hold on to both Amazon and Google. Let's take another caller question, this time from a listener who called earlier from Texas, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen, Justin, this is Adam from Texas. I was calling, and I hope this isn't a uh, conflict of interest because you guys use this platform, but I'm looking to short Spotify, and I was wondering what you think. Uh, ticker symbol is S-P-O-T, Sierra Papa, Oscar, Tango. Thanks again for what you do. Bye. Okay, and no, there's not a conflict of interest. Uh, there isn't. Uh, Spotify Technology, a Luxembourg-based company, provides music streaming subscriber uh, subscribe uh, subscriptions on service to 184 countries. It's a 20 billion dollar company. They have never made money ever. They're going to make money next year, nine cents a share. And it's a 104 dollar stock. Now it's fallen from 340 bucks or so. Right, three hundred seventy bucks down to one hundred and four. The question they're asking is: Is it going to fall more? Well, based on valuations, it should. Remember, this is a growth stock. It's growing about seventeen, eighteen, twenty percent sales, uh, and they're finally making money next year. Um, but they have a lot of debt. Management owns thirty percent of the stock, so they really want to keep it going. And mutual funds own fifty percent of the stock. And they've been slowly buying, and they drive stock prices. I think, you know, I wouldn't short it because they're finally going to make money, and the sales growth is very strong. But if you're asking me what the value of the stock is, it's much less than $104. Let's say it would take 15 18% and use that as a multiple of earnings. You're still talking about a $7 or $8 stock because the earnings only $0.09. Cents. But see, the sales is still growing. It's a growth stock. The growth stocks are out of favor. So it could easily go down further. It also looks like it's trying to find support at $100. So uh, it's a tough one to short, in my opinion, because for the last two or three months, that it's held up around $90 to $100 pretty strong. So I, I wouldn't short it. I just wouldn't. Even though it's fundamentally, it should be worth less less than it is. Okay, uh, let's see. I'm doing okay. I guess we're out of time. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program, everybody. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us. It's a free podcast, it's free download, everybody. 
You can get your downloads anytime iTunes, Google Play, and the stock we were just talking about, Spotify. And by the way, we have surpassed 43 million downloads, and we want to thank everybody who downloads our program. Please be sure to review and rate us if you download it at iTunes. Your positive rating raises our profile and helps us spread the word, and we appreciate that. Independent thinking, share success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format Tuesday, of this program, I am flying it's important of- for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.